there, welcome to the e-commerce nurse podcast, our 37th episode. I'm Karina McLeod, ex-Amazonian and CEO and founder of e-commerce nurse and vendor society. Today, we're going to be talking about how to drive growth using Amazon advertising without reliance on AI software. We have a special guest, Mina Elias, a seven-figure seller in the supplement industry, an investor, Amazon PPC expert and founder of Trivium Group, an Amazon advertising agency. Mina has spoken on every major stage in the Amazon industry, consulted over 400 brands, including three aggregators, has been on over 100 podcasts and continues to be a leader innovating in the Amazon advertising space. Mina's goal is to change the way people perceive Amazon PPC and empower them to take back control and dominate their ads. So hi, Mina. Thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. What an amazing intro. I you must have come up with that yourself, right? <laughs> I love that bio. It's, uh, it's, it's really incredible, the amount of podcasts. And as you say, you've... Uh, definitely we met at prosper um when you were speaking at prosper and you've definitely got some amazing content and a story to share so it would be great if you could start off and share your story because of course you started off a seller before you really mm -hmm. went into amazon ads yeah I, the, the reason that i i do so many podcasts and share so much information is because when i started mma nutrition and, and i'll tell you the the whole story but when I started, it was so uh, lonely and, and uh, there was no information that you can rely on out there. And and uh, people would just say, do, do this, do that. And I hate that, uh, like versus like test this and expect this. And if that doesn't happen, then do that, uh, which is, you know, like how anyone should really teach. But it was a lot of like gurus and, and misinformation. And so, you know, when I figured a few things out, I said, you know, I I'm going to share as much as I can with everyone so that they don't have to go through the the hardships that I went through. And, you know, it really, it's, it, you know, it, it was very, very tough to find like good information back then. And I'm sure it's still tough, right? Because now, now there's uh, the other end of the spectrum, which is over information. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, well, this guy said, do this. And this guy said, do that. And this guy said, use this software. So I'm just trying to help people as much as I can. So the story is um, my background's in chemical engineering and chemistry. I came from, uh, so I was born in Egypt, raised in Dubai. When I was 18, um, I went to college. It was 2011. Uh, and I went to America to, uh, to study. So I got my bachelor's and master's, worked up the corporate ladder. The the very standard, uh, you know, the, the only life that I knew existed, right? Which mm. is, you're either a celebrity or, or um, you know, a soccer player or something, or... <laughs> You're, you're like a doctor, lawyer, engineer, you know, one of the three. So um, I followed in that uh, path. And then I just went from one job to the next to the next. Very, very unhappy. I um, There was nothing wrong with, with anything that I was doing, right? I was getting a good salary. I was, you know, working in, in good companies. I had a, a nice place to stay, a car and everything. But it just felt like, you know, something was wrong. I was just living a life that I didn't enjoy. And Towards the uh, the end of my last job, it was, I think, September. I was on vacation in Egypt visiting my parents. I was doing a lot of research on supplements because I'm a huge like fan of supplements. I've always been making my own, mixing them at home, that kind of stuff. And so my my dad asked me, he said, you know, why are you researching supplements so much? I said, you know, the, the stuff on the market's not that good. So I have to always like buy this and then add this, this, and that because of the clinical dosages, all this stuff. He said, why don't you make your own? And so that kind of uh, was the first trigger of like, 
you know what? I, I tried the whole like, you know, corporate, right. And I, and I gave it my best and I was always a top performer. I was always the number one and, and um, you know, what's left, right. Maybe, maybe this could work out. So I went home, did the research, figured, okay, maybe I could, could start a supplement company. Uh, let's start with one product. I, I did research. I created the formulation for an electrolyte powder uh, because I was on keto and I, and I'm an MMA fighter. So I've been training since 2013. And I figured, you know what, if I'm going to make a, a, a an hydration powder because there's nothing on the market with no sugar and high sodium. So I made it and then uh, gave it to a few friends, took it myself. And, and there was like really positive feedback. So I said, you know what, let's, let's go for it. And I created the company. Uh, but then when I tried selling the product, which I didn't do anything about selling, it, it didn't go well at all because, because I did, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to go to the supplement stores and they would just look at me weird. They're like, oh, like, uh, maybe leave, leave a couple samples. We'll, we'll let you know. And, and, and you know, so, so that didn't work out. And, yeah. and I'm like, why am I doing all of this when, when Amazon is where I buy all of my supplements? Like I hated going into the store where someone would come in. And be like, oh, like, uh, you know, let me show you the best creatine. I'm like, no, like, leave me alone. I, I know better than you. Stop harassing me. You're also fat. So, <laughs> you know, I don't want your advice. So that's the kind of people that, that were working in the supplement store. So I'd I, I stopped going to the supplement store. I would always buy everything online because I would do so much research, open like six different, like, you know, creatine powders and all this stuff and have the studies there and, and third party, like lab door, third party testing, all of this stuff. And then I would be like, okay, this is the right one. And obviously instead of guessing if it's going to be available at the supplement store or not, I just buy it on Amazon. So I said, let me try getting on Amazon. And I started calling like Amazon, uh, you know, support and all this stuff. I'm like, I want to sell my products on Amazon. How do I do it? And finally, they sent me an email that walked me through how to create a seller central account and all of this stuff. So I got, I got that. And then, and then once I was up and this was like September 14th is when I had the conversation with my dad. Uh, November 2nd is when, you know, I, I, uh, well, November 22nd is when I was live on Amazon. So I had made the product shipped it to Amazon, had the seller center account and everything had a listing going. And so it was a very short period of time. And I'm like, okay, I'm on Amazon. Now what I had a hundred units. So I became like obsessed with, you know, consuming as much knowledge as possible. Like, how do I make this work? And the two main levers that I could pull from what I see was reviews and PPC. Mm -hmm. So I just, I started asking friends and friends, friends, friends for reviews. Every single person I ever met in my life, I messaged them to, for, to leave me a review. And then um, in terms of PPC, I was like, okay, let's, let's try turning all of the knobs. And I would watch a video, uh, you know, on YouTube, whatever they would say something. And, and, you know, and it became, uh, you know, a period of just like obsessive learning how to do Amazon asking people, I got into all of the groups, uh, Facebook groups, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then six months later, I got fired from my job. And, and I was like, it's, it's my chance to go all in on this business. I was doing 4k a month in profit. So it was like, it wasn't too bad. I was doing like, I think, 20k in revenue 4k in profit uh so i was like okay but I, I couldn't live off of it so i packed up all of my stuff went to egypt to live there for four months while i was building my business and then um you know four months later i came back to la i was doing 10k a month in profits and so i was like okay i could live off of 4k reinvest 6k which obviously uh you know wasn't accurate because in q4 i would have zero profits in q1 i'd have amazing profits so it was very unstable uh, but during that time when I was in Egypt, I started seeing a lot of questions coming through the Facebook groups that were, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, I can answer this. 
So I started giving back a lot and I gave back and I gave back and I gave back. And that's kind of how I got started in being known in the Amazon space. And then in, in uh, but that helped me because, so I got on the podcast again, just always sharing my experience, not what you should do, but what I did and what the outcome was. And it's worth, if it worked for me, maybe it, it's worth you testing at least, um, you know, showing all of my work and everything and no, no high level, no like, you know, cool ideas. Just like, here's what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Here's what I'm testing. And an aggregator hits me up and they're like, uh, you know, hey, we, we want to uh, train our in-house team to run PPC. Can you train us? So I said, cool. You know, I, I said, I'm, I'm down to do it. I, I know how to do the, the ads pretty well at this point. We hit seven figures in the in the supplement brand. And um, so I'm like, OK, they said, but we need to test you on one brand. And they were like, OK, you know, take this brand, run it for a few months and we'll let you know. So I started running this brand with me and my two employees. And it and and uh, four months later, they're like, "You beat out six other agencies. We're gonna move forward with the with the proposal and all of this stuff." And that's when I'm like, "Okay, I, I'm decent, pretty good at PPC. So good that this this aggregator mm -hmm. hired me over six other agencies who are very well known and, and and very reputable. So maybe this is what I should be doing." And so I, I still have the the supplement brand. It's like now a client of the agency, but I started Trivium Group, which is an Amazon ads agency. And I'm, you know, just trying to add the most amount of value possible that we could to every brand. And and like unlike so many other uh, brands, we really do not rely at all on on software. So, uh, like we still only use spreadsheets. We still only do things manually um, because we choose to give so much care. Now, I think with the bigger catalogs, you're gonna need some sort of software, but no AI. Definitely no no AI. No no mm -hmm. all that stuff. And yeah, I'm just on a mission to, you know, give as much of my knowledge and experience away, uh, you know, on podcasts, webinars, conferences, whatever. And, and um, you know, just I know that the more value you add to people, the the better of a life you're going to live. That's awesome. I love that story because there's a definite there's a journey there as well. Right. Mm -hmm. In terms of it isn't that, you, well, you are a seller and you've been a success, successful seller, but there's also this journey of selling and, and figuring out actually you're pretty good at something, an aspect of that, and you've been able to then create an agency. And mm -hmm. I love the fact in terms of how you talk about sharing and because there's so much noise out there, right? There was limited information. There's too much information. There's a lot of noise and it's almost overwhelming for, for businesses trying to look for that. And you, of course, share share that content. You, um, you also mentioned something interesting about um the software part because that's again a lot of noise there's so many not only it's the amazon agencies but there's the software out there and there's so many different players and we speak to so many different businesses that are like should we be using software should we not um i love the fact that you kind of go back to the the excel part can you talk more about that that aspect of um going back to basics and not being reliant, I guess, on software. Yeah. So, so it all stems from, uh, you know, software have uh, not all of them are bad, but, but a lot of them have an agenda mm -hmm. and this agenda is to get you to, you know, believe that by using the software, they're going to make these changes. They have a very sophisticated algorithm and all of this stuff that is going to lead you to success. 
That's not the case, right? Because advertising on Amazon is pretty simple. You mm -hmm. you're trying to identify keywords uh, that are that are going to be profitable. The only way to do that is to test a bunch of keywords. So you start by testing the keywords. You get the data, and then you make evaluations based on that data. If it's a good keyword, you continue to scale it, increase the bids, maybe whatever, uh, increase budgets. Or if it's a bad keyword, you lower the bids or add as a negative if it's an auto or broader phrase. And so. That's it. You know, you're kind of testing all of these keywords. You're identifying which ones work, which ones don't. Mm -hmm. Now, having a software in there that is going to start, auto, you know, changing things daily, there's not enough data. The the the, the keywords have not co collected enough data for you to make those changes. And we know that attribution is delayed up to seven days. Now, we, we've mm -hmm. tested downloading our, our bulk sheets, uh, you know, the last seven days today. And then we wait a week and the exact same time period. And there's up to 100% uh, discrepancy. So a keyword that shows that it had a 35% ACOS could actually end up being 15 or whatever a week later. And so, you know, th that's another thing that, you know, makes it uh, the, the software a little bit iffy. Also, the, the reliance on software, which is I'm going to set some things and I'm going to let it be, goes against what I say, because I'm retroactively making, the, I'm always looking at the data and then making a decision, looking at the data, making a decision versus saying, okay, if it's above 50% ACOS, then lower the bids. And just mm -hmm. having that rule continue to hammer. Now, even if performance starts declining, there is going to be no re-evaluation of like, okay, maybe this rule is not correct. And mm -hmm. so what I've noticed with, with Amazon PPC is it's so much iteration. And, and iteration the, the in layman terms is this. When you go into the shower, you turn the hot water on and you put your hand under it. If it's too hot, you turn it a little bit. If it's too cold, you turn it back a little bit. That's iteration. And, and software can't do that because it's it's heavily rule-based. And if it's AI, who the hell knows what, what AI means? Um, you know, like it's just maybe a series of algorithms that no one really knows. And I've I've talked to so many um, you know, companies, I'm like, Okay, so what are what are the rules based on? And it's you know never really a, a clear expl explanation. So how can I trust my tens of thousands of dollars a month in advertising? Like that, that's that's my money. Like that's your that's money that if it gets burned, you you have no guarantee that it's gonna get back. So for all those reasons, I'm not I'm I'm not fully against software, but I'm against any sort of automation. Mm -hmm. Now, when does software come come in handy? When you're able to do things at scale or, or make decisions at scale. So for example, I know I'm looking at all of my keywords and I'm like, okay, I know that I want to identify all the keywords that have spent over $17 and haven't made any sales. So I'll click a filter, the software will show me all those keywords, and then I'll go through and then I'll add as negative to, to all of those keywords, you know, maybe just by like quickly checking, making sure they make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But what if, for example, you have a main keyword and so this is why you can't go full automation. What if you have a main keyword that has a, you know, 85% ACOS, but is driving 35% of your total sales, mm -hmm. you know, in advertising sales, I'm not going to lower that keyword, uh, the bid on that keyword. I'm going to lower everything else that is not really generating sales and monitor the results now. And then there's the, the second layer, which makes everything super complex, which is this, we, the attribution is not correct. So you look on Amazon, you say, I spent $10 on this keyword. I made the $30 in PPC sales and, and you know whatever your organic sales are. We can't even detect organic sales on a keyword level. It's not accurate. We know this. Why do we know this? Because today I'll spend $500 
And it'll say you made $1,000 in PPC sales and $3,000 total. And then I'll cut my 500 to 250. And it'll say, you, you know, your, your PPC sales dropped, your organic sales also dropped. So why did my organic sales drop? Because PPC is influencing this organic, there's either a, a, a lack of attribution on Amazon, it's just not accurate. So the data that we're getting is really not, not that correct. And, and, uh, and the second thing is it could be that maybe the buyers are being influenced by the ads, which then leads us, there's only one, one solution, unfortunately, is the iteration, the shower method, which is, I'm going to optimize this keyword. Let's lower the bids. Now, what happened on, on an on a overall scale? Uh, you know, our, our ROAS improved. Great. That was a good move. And so it, now you have to start segmenting and, and being very granular with all of the things that you're doing. So now we don't even scale and optimize at the same time. So I'll never increase the bid and add a negative at the same time. Or, or sorry, that's a bad example. If a keyword is going out of control, we're going to add it as a negative. But I'll never like increase the bids, increase the budgets, and then lower the bids on some other keywords. Because then I'm taking two different actions, mm -hmm. which, which now there's going to be, you know, we're not going to be able to interpret the data accurately. Versus if all the actions that I take are just increased. So increase bids, increase budgets, increase bid by placement. And now watch and see what happens to total sales. Okay, I know from these actions, th this was the result. That's positive. Good. Then I did a good thing. So Amazon's very complex in that reason. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I'm so uh, against relying on, on the software and any sort of automation. Because it doesn't even have enough of the data uh, that, to make correct decisions. Also, things are changing. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know... Uh, you know, as certain weeks come, like in the year, higher ecosystems should be more tolerable versus in other weeks, lower ecosystems, uh, you know, are, are, are more fine, like are more of the normal. So a lot of things like that. And so for me, it's just kind of boiled down to, I'm just going to do iteration. I'm going to choose one of two goals. It's either scaling uh, for revenue or optimizing for profit. And then I'm going to take the actions. And the only thing that I'm going to use any sort of software, like a, like an Excel macro or you know, there's, there's like, obviously like a, uh, Atomic or PPC Ninjas. Those are decent software where you could go in and say, this is, this is what I want to do, right? Uh, I'm, I want to take these actions and they'll help you take it, but they won't just do things for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting in terms of what you're saying, because there is, it's definitely one of those conversations that we have with with many many brands and and i guess the biggest part here is how you manage that at scale in the sense of when you're managing like let's say if you've got one or two products in your range it becomes a lot easier to to manage than if you've got 100 SKUs that you're advertising how would you how do you manage that when you start have dealing with quite a large catalog for example yeah so the the I mean it's always gonna be limited to how much energy and attention you can give. Mm -hmm. And so what we we've had this challenge, right? Because so up until very recently, we were taking on like a maximum of like five to seven products, right? Mm -hmm. and parent, parent products. The variations are are fine, obviously they don't count because each product you have to give it its own attention. Is it in the launch phase? Is it mature? Mm -hmm. All of this stuff. Now, as we've grown the catalog. Uh, you know, now it's, let's say it's 30 or 50 uh, there, 
each like um, analytics is kind of like the 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 number one thing that that we need, right? If we have good analytics um, showing like what's going on with each product, it makes things a lot easier. And the second thing, you know, beyond the analytics is what is your goal for each of the products? So once that's clear, we have a few things that are like guardrails. So adding negatives or right? any keyword that spends a lot of money and doesn't make any sales, we're going to add it as a negative. Any keyword that is that you know, doesn't co contribute significantly to the number of sales, but has a very high ACOS, we're going to lower the bids. So those are things that are always happening to keep things at bay. So, and then we choose to focus on a certain amount of products at a time mm -hmm. because we're going through, uh, uh, again, like we, I mean, we'll only have the same amount of hours in the day. So I'm either going to half-ass 20, 30, 50 products, or I'm going to do amazing for five and leave the other ones that, you know, kind of for now. So what we do is say, okay, what are the 10 ones that we really want to focus on? Let's focus on, on those ones. And those ones will have their own focus. Maybe we're ranking for keywords organically, we're scaling, we're doing whatever, right? They, they're getting attention. Now, the other ones, they have these guardrails. And, and you know, uh, the way that we do PPC is like we go through a, a, a scaling period. So we increase spend, you know, increase the number of sessions coming into the listing. Hopefully the conversion rate stays the same. We're going to increase sales, but our profits are going to shrink. Mm -hmm. So during that scaling, we just want to get a lot more people, a lot more sales, and it's going to help organic rank. And then we go through a, a profitability phase where we optimize for profit. Now, after I optimize for profit, I should, you know, I'm cutting down the, the spend of all of the inefficient stuff. I'm keeping the good stuff that I discovered during uh, scaling. So now I should be left at the end of the day with a little bit higher profit. And so once I reach that point, uh, you know, there's, we make an evaluation. Guys, th this product is now, you know, in a profitability phase. Should we just leave it at bay? And if the, you know, if it's not a priority, we we leave them and we let them run as profitably as they can right now. Again, there are, guardrails anything that spent money we're gonna but we're we're not going to aggressively look on how to grow this product it's just like stay there make the most amount of profit that you can for now we're gonna focus on these 10 so mm -hmm. we focus on the you know these 10 for a period of let's say a month month and a half we scaled them for three weeks we optimized them for, for three weeks and now we swap some out and and realistically Software, no software. The only way that you're going to be able to, uh, you know, focus on a hundred products at once is if you have one employee for each, let's say, you know, uh, ten or fifteen products. You're gonna mm -hmm. have one employee dedicated to ten or fifteen products, and and at that point, it's gonna you're gonna have to ask yourself the question: Is it worth it? So let's mm -hmm. say, I mean, I have really good, uh, you know, smart people for let's say twelve hundred a month um, as a salary. So. If if I'm if I my top 10 products are doing you know 20k 30k a month in profits, great. Mm -hmm. I can dedicate a, a 1200 salaried employee and you can focus on that. And then the other 15, if they're not there, if they're if it doesn't make sense to hire a 1200 employee for them, then I'm gonna be like, okay, let's keep them, you know, let's focus on them at certain times. And then when they eventually get to a point where they're making 10k in profit then let's hire someone out for them. Mm -hmm. then, it, then it'll be worth it. And, and uh, like, I, that's how I like to think about it because people come to me and they're like, yeah, we have like 67 uh, ASINs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, one second. And then, you know, sort by sales. Yeah, you have eight. And, yeah. and you know, and eight of them are 95% are of your revenue. So all of these other ones, I mean, what, is it nice to have a nice big catalog so you can go and flex and say, yeah, we have like 67 products. Yeah. I'm like, 
you have eight products uh, or 10 products, but there are the rare occasions where we do like clothing brands and, mm, and things like yeah. that. So I don't want to, I don't want to mention everyone, but when we have these like products that are like actually 70 products, each with like two, three K in revenue, I don't know how to deal with that. I haven't figured out a way. I would love to at some point figure out a, a solution and build a division for every type of business in the industry, right? We're yeah. super set up for like supplement and CPG mm -hmm. products, right? Four, yeah. five, six, seven. Um, and, and we just like, you know, we can scale really aggressively. Um, but I've talked to like a lot of enterprise companies and, and I asked them like, how do you guys deal with like, um, you know, an X or a Y, like big name brand, right? That has a mm hundred -hmm. twos. There's always a, an order of priority. And there's mm -hmm. always like, a, we're going to focus our energy here. Okay, this is fine for now. Let's focus our energy here. Okay, this is fine for now. And and um, otherwise, you're going to need to just keep hiring more and more people to, to manage the catalog. Yeah, I think that's such a valid point. It's that 80-20 rule. And you do see that where we, we speak with clients and they talk about their range and it's just too wide. And and actually, as you say, it's the top sellers that's really driving driving that revenue. And they it's not realistic in terms of that overall stretch. So I love and I love the fact that how you you are quite clear and know to rein that in and actually make the top lines really work than just spreading resource thinly. And I guess that's sometimes when the software comes in, when people almost want to, brands want to have that wider ads running across all all and not fine tuning on those products so yeah. the software's working and they're getting sales but they haven't fine tuned which is what you, you know really made those specific products like their top sellers as efficient as they could be with manual intervention right exactly exactly and 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 um you know like there's always going to be a point where you can say okay we want to focus on these ones they're small but they have potential to grow that's mm -hmm. fine so let's keep these other ones that are big, let them run very lean and let them just mm -hmm. keep milking out profit. And also at the end of the day, guys, uh, I mean, you've dealt with, with a lot of aggregators too. So you know this, they're not buying you based on catalog size. They'll probably say, you know, eight of your products are generating most of your sales. We're going to kill everything else. And we're going to keep those yep. top eight because their, their supply chain becomes so much simpler uh, mm -hmm. and it's worth, you know, cutting out the small amount and, and, and all of this dead weight of like 60 products that are barely generating revenue. Yeah. And you made an interesting point about category. I know clothing, I, I was part of the clothing launch in the UK at Amazon and it's just a completely different, different kettle mm -hmm. of fish in terms of, and it's seasonal. So you can do so much work, you get momentum next minute, you know, the products out of stock and then it's no longer being listed. So yeah, yeah, definitely can um, can suck suck the life out of. Uh, well, you just spend a lot of energy on on something that potentially d doesn't have longevity and momentum. And so we talked to, we're talking about software, but there's this organic piece that I really wanted to touch on in terms of do you take that into consideration? So you talked about those different stages. How does that then influence the organic aspect? Yeah, I think organic is so the the goal in my opinion of of advertising is to drive as many people into the listing in as cheap as possible. Mm -hmm. And part of that is organic, which is which is free traffic. And so yeah. maybe it's an upfront investment in, into ranking, but then once the organic traffic comes in, then it's free. So 
for us, what we do is we use data dive and we use helium 10. Uh, and I like to take data dive and we'll benchmark where we are now. So we'll say, okay, you know, here I am versus my five or six top competitors. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, 25% of the, the total search volume on page one. And I identify a, a, a certain number of keywords with a priority list that I want to target. And then we start running keyword campaigns, direct, you know, broad phrase and exact so to get the, the synergistic value, as well as, you know, we don't just like to pick like one keyword. We'll usually pick like a root. And I learned this from, from Brandon Young. We'll pick a root and let's say that it's electrolyte powder. So we'll pick electrolyte powder and four or five other keywords that have electrolyte powder as the root or the word electrolyte as a root. And we'll run ads for all those keywords. So every mm-hmm. conversion helps uh, and and we benchmark and then we we add into helium 10 keyword tracker and we track the rank and we start spending money broad phrase and exact for those keywords bigger bids bigger budgets uh if my general toler- tolerable ACOS is 50 percent i'll i'll let it go to 100 percent with no problems just to get the conversions because based on what we know from search find buy the number of conversions significantly impact your your ranking your position mm-hmm. so we're just going for the largest number of conversions i track everything how much money i'm spending on this and all this stuff and i'm looking to see my organic rank rise and then hold it there, even if it's, you know, I'm losing money for 30 days or whatever, but I'm holding it there. And it shouldn't, shouldn't be like that you're losing that much money. If you are, mm-hmm. your conversion rate needs fixing before before anything. Um, and then we hold it there for about 30 days. And then we start tapering things down. And then we go and we check data dive again. And it says, okay, you went from 25% of the search volume on page one to now 27%. And I'm like, great. We just, uh, you know, we improved there. And, you know, we're cutting down the spend, so we're not spending as much anymore. And we're tracking the organic rank, hoping that it sticks. Sometimes it does. Sometimes, you know, it falls down. And then we just have to find that uh, the the amount that we're willing to spend, that like the happy medium, where we're willing to spend that money and, and in exchange get that organic rank. And so that's what we do. And it's constantly a cycle of, okay, what's the goal for this month? What's the goal for next month? Which keywords are we going to go after? And just constantly going after those keywords. And at the same time, something that that is really a huge lever to pull that not enough PPC people talk about is your, is conversion. So mm-hmm. testing your price, uh, getting more reviews, having a four and a half or five star rating, uh, better main image, better rest of images, videos, questions on the listing, enhanced brand content, uh, Amazon posts, virtual bundles. Just maximize everything that you can on the on the listing, and they, I always like to say you don't have to overcomplicate it. Just go look at your top two competitors and put yourself mm-hmm. in the middle, and and what are they doing better than you? Pick one thing and do it, and then pick the next thing and do it, and then eventually, if you're as good as the top ones, that's great, and then you have a chance to to beat them. Um, but that's another huge lever to pull because, you know, you can have a fifty percent ACOS. Uh, and a, and a, let's say seven percent conversion rate, and if you improve your conversion rate from seven to fourteen with a few of those things, your yeah. ACOS will get cut in half. And yeah. so your solution could could also be because it's all part of the equation. Your your traffic and your your conversion rate combined, your cost of your traffic. So we like to do to calculate cost per session, which mm-hmm. is I go look at my thirty day ad spend and I look yeah. at my total number of sessions, uh, PPC and organic. Why? Because we already talked about it. Mm-hmm. We've seen that PPC affects organic. So I'm just going to blend everything. So I look at my spend. I look at my total sessions, which is the unique visitors that came into the listing. 
and I look at the cost of each person to come into the listing. So let's say that's a dollar. So that $1 multiplied by, you know, the conversion, the inverse of the conversion rate, which is the number of people required to make one conversion. So if you have a 10% conversion rate, that's one divided by 10% is 10 people. So $1 times 10 people to make one conversion, that's $10 cost per acquisition. And if I know that I have $10 in profit per unit before advertising, I'm at break even. To improve that number, I either I'm going to cut some of my ad spend down and hopefully maintain the sessions and sales, or I'm going to increase my conversion rate. And so if I just double my conversion rate, I go from completely breaking even to now making $5 profit per unit for every sale. And then like that $1, I can cut it down by 20%. So now I'm at, sorry, now I'm at 80 cents cost per session. So now it's $4, you, you know, to make uh, one sale or, or yeah, the CPA becomes $4. The, the, the net profit after advertising becomes $6. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an equation. It's just a simple yeah. equation. And each, like the PPC has the two components uh, or the, the, the traffic has two components, paid traffic, organic traffic, and then the conversion has conversion rate and, and, you know, just constantly solve to increase this one and decrease that one. That's that's crazy. You, I love the way you talk about things. You you go into that fine finite detail, and that's where you really see the true efficiency, right? When you do, because there is a kind of uh, part where you can go too broad, and you you don't end up. You're just touching the surface. But sounds like your experience is going into that detail. You've got incredible amount of knowledge in your ads and i just love hearing sort of how how you manage everything how do you manage that from a point where you've got all this knowledge you're growing with clients and you've got this team how do you then make sure that how because you say that you share share all of that i'm guessing you're sharing a lot with your team as well to be able to yeah. filter that through through the organization yeah. So very, very good question. The first, uh, so I did a few things, right. And, and I'm, it's crazy that you mentioned this. I was in an offsite, uh, uh, like a month ago with my team in Dubai. And I said, guys, what, what feedback do you have for me? Like, how can I be a be better, you know? And they said, you know, we, we, you need to spend more time with the, with the team because you have so much knowledge mm. that like, he, like, so my head of advertising said, I got so good at advertising because I spent so much time with you. So like, imagine if the entire team spent so much time with you. So, uh, you know, the first thing was I had to do this very painful one week uh, locked door, uh, you know, just uh, uh, of, of downloading every single thing in my brain into yeah. video content. And so I created a massive, uh, like we call it Trivium University, mm -hmm. which is a massive like video uh, research, which by the way, anyone can get access to if they're part of Trivium Tribe, which is the consulting group we have. But it is everything in my brain that I could possibly download on paper. How to improve click-through rate, conversion rate, how to do anything in the Amazon console, like, like an SOP of everything, uh, you know, every piece of the ads, uh, all of the possible issues that I've encountered. So that was step one. So this way, everyone can watch all of that content and at least get a surface level thing. And then step two was every Monday and Wednesday, I spend one hour where the team comes to me and, and uh, they're like, okay. I have this issue, you know, we're seeing with the client, um, you know, the, we scaled and they're not happy. So we start looking, I'm like, okay, you know, the cost per session six months ago was this, the cost per session now is that look at the, the total sessions. We increased the ad spend, but the sessions, you know, are 25%. Mm -hmm. 
let's look at the market trend. Let's look at the keyword trends. Let's look at, you know, competitor trends. Oh, it looks like this product is just trending downwards. The, the, the organic search volume is not there. And so that's why it's so much more expensive to, and so they, that's how they're getting all of the information, uh, you know, from me is they're just coming to me with problems and I'm like, okay, let me just try and, and solve it live. And sometimes, you know, or most of the time we're able to solve it. And, and mm -hmm. if we hit every single possible thing, let's look at competitors, market trends, how much, you know, ad spend was before and now did they ever go out of stock you know, cover everything, conversion rates, uh, mm -hmm. uh, recent reviews, maybe they got three one-star recent reviews and that's causing an impact. If we cover all of the metrics, something always comes to the service. Like there's always a, a root cause and it's like, we do a root cause analysis. And then, you know, 5% of the time we're like, I don't know, you know, who knows what's going on. It's something and, and we just can't figure it out. Um, but that's how I've been able to really, um, you know, take a lot of that information and pass it on to them. And, you know, I try and do that here too. Like uh, I'm doing later today uh, uh, with Stephen Pope, uh, uh, PPC, ask me anything. And so That's we're awesome. going to try and and get all of the, the questions from people and then answer it. And, uh, you know, I'm just, for me, like I, I will lose nothing by, by sharing everything with the world because I don't sell the knowledge. I sell the execution. I sell exactly. the ability to do it yeah. every single day consistently without fail with backups and, and, you know, all of the continuous improvement. So that's what we sell, not the actual knowledge. And I love what you've just mentioned there about sharing. I know in the past, I've always been one for sharing content. And I remember uh, an ex-colleague of mine was like, why do you share, share all this stuff? You're, you're effectively teaching someone to then go and do it. And I said, but they're not executing. All I'm doing is sharing. But I'm, yeah. it's different when it comes to actually implementing and doing it. And you can't copy that. Um, so I love the fact that you, you touched on that. And for those that are listening, um, and, uh, to, to wrap up, I mean, I would love to talk to you to more cause you've got such knowledge in this area and it's fantastic. And I'm sure our listeners are like, wow, writing notes and thinking, or probably want to reach out to you in terms of like, if somebody's sitting there and they're thinking, right, okay, I was all up for AI, some software. Now I'm on the fence. What would be that one tip for, for a brand that's contemplating whether or not to to proceed with passing it over effectively to software uh, uh, i mean software is not going to solve your problem so if you already know what to do and you want to do it faster go ahead pick the best software and go forward no problem but if you think that the software is going to solve your problems you're going to have more problems and because i thought that software is going to solve my problems back in I think March of 2019, when I when I launched my brand, I thought that software was going to solve my problems. I used the software and it destroyed everything because, you know, mm -hmm. it, like it's just like thinking that you know you're going to hire someone and they're going to come in and they're going to explode your business times ten. Mm -hmm. It's not, that's a, you're looking for a silver bullet and silver bullets unfortunately don't exist. That's why they're called a silver bullet. So. Um, and I've like, I've heard, been hurt so many times and, and with Google ads agencies mm -hmm. and, and so many times I've been hurt because I'm thinking, man, if I hire, if you're thinking, man, if I hire Mina, like we're gonna, like, we're gonna make 10 times more money. That's not going to happen. If you mm -hmm. hire me, I'm just going to do that piece of the puzzle, you know, perfectly. That's it. And then you still have the 99 other 
pieces of the puzzle that you still have to work on and you have to keep assembling a team to perfect to, mm-hmm. to execute each part of it perfectly and then once you have the perfect team and everyone's executing perfectly and you have a great vision uh and and that, that's when everything is going to explode right and it's going to look like an overnight success but it's actually you solving you know a hundred pieces of the puzzle and and setting up a system and a, and, and a team and perfect execution around that that's the overnight success but it's never like let's hire me now all i'm gonna do is just bring more people to your listing if you have a mm-hmm. super high conversion rate life is going to be great. And then your supply chain has to be perfect and you have to have the perfect cash flow and, and capital partner <laughs> to, to scale. And you're going to like, so, you know, it's, uh, that's it. Yeah. Like if you're expecting someone to solve your problems, there's with business is only it's for me, it's always been more problems. Never, it never decreased the amount of problems. That's, that's awesome. That's a great tip in itself. Of, uh, it isn't just that piece. And um, I did a podcast uh, a few months ago and somebody actually said advertising is like the cherry on the cake, but there's so much more there that you need to make sure is being executed and, and you're completely right. And uh, thank you so much, Mina. I've really, as I say, you've got so much knowledge in this area and I'm sure our listeners are really taking away some golden nuggets. So really um, have loved you coming on our show today. And um, for those that have, have been listening, um, the, you probably want to know more about Mina and how you can, can reach out. So Trivium Group is an Amazon advertising agency partner that helps brands scale their ads profitably on Amazon. And you've already heard from Mina today in terms of how they manage and, and can scale and optimize your ads. So if you want to know more, um, go to triviumco.com. Um, is that the best way of reaching out, would you say? Yeah. So a couple of ways, triviumco.com, uh, get a free audit. You know, mm-hmm. we can always show you everything that we would do if we were in your shoes with your ads. And and I mean, it's very, very valuable. Um, if you want to reach me directly, you can uh, go to Instagram at the Mina Elias or uh, LinkedIn, Mina, M-I-N-A, Elias, E-L-I-A-S. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty accessible. Feel free to reach out, ask questions, and I'm happy to answer. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you, Mina, for being an awesome guest. My pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for listening today.